Hi, guys. We are back. Uh, yeah, guys, we are back. Uh, episode 55 of Res Hockey. I'm Trev, and with me, as always, is Mr. Dennis Bush. Major. Hey, What's up? Not much. Not much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Fucking living the life, man. Living the life. That's one swear. I swear. I'm going to F bomb that. <laughs> Hell of a out of this show. <laughs> it's been, we took the month of August off. Pretty um, much. Yeah, it's good. Pretty much. Um, we were going to take a couple weeks off, but someone happens. Someone decided to get hurt. Someone decided to almost fucking die on the operating table. <laughs> yeah. See? It wasn't well, me. It was me. <laughs> full responsibility of that, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, first, we just wanted to give land acknowledgement. Yes. We are recording on Trudy 3 tor- ter- territory. territory. Land of the Anishinaabe, which is yep. Bush. So this is uh, Bush's land. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, we just always want to uh, give acknowledgement and where we are and where we live. And so we are recording our podcast in Kenora, Ontario, uh, Lake of the Woods. Lake of the Woods. So, yeah. Canada. Canada, North America, <laughs> Turtle Island. And uh, on a serious note, we just want to give yeah. our thoughts and prayers to the community, the families, and their friends, uh, to the people of James Smith Cree, Cree Nation, uh, we're thinking of you guys, and we, we pray for uh, strength and comfort with the, what's the word? The tragedy. Yes. The tragic, the the tragic events. That Sorry to our listeners. Yeah, we were, we were going over the terminology, and Trevor had a... Uh, I could, you couldn't pronounce the word tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but uh, but with uh, with all due respect and everything, um, for those of you who are Christian, for those of you who are Catholic, for those of you who pray to the spirits, to offer some tobacco, say prayer for their families. Uh, it's a really really horrible situation that went on. Yeah. So we we're thinking of you and uh, keep praying for them because it's no. gonna. There's but, no time limit, right? To no to grief so no put some tobacco out smudge send some strength that way yep exactly so um guest for this week for episode 55 he is from red pheasant first nation out in saskatchewan this guy has probably the best mustache easily Easily. Easily, he puts Bush to shame, and obviously <laughs> put me to shame. <laughs> Couldn't grow one if my life depended on it. Yeah. Uh, all around great guy. This guy mm-hmm. was uh, while well, we did the interview, he was awesome, and one of the he's a solid defenseman like Bush. Um, our guest for episode fifty-five is Mister Drew Rose. So we were. Uh, his name came up a couple times when we uh, I asked a couple a former guests of who would who would be good to come on the show and Drew's name came up so I shot Drew a message and 
Drew accepted. So I'm glad I'm glad I shot him a message because he's he's a nice all around guy and we had a great time um, interviewing him and he had a lot of good things to say and he did. I think the one of the cool thing is cool things about Drew that he lives a healthy, works out, eats healthy, lives a sober life. So uh, good for Drew for living that lifestyle and. Yeah, we had a great time. So we'll uh, be airing his uh, interview in a bit. Because uh, of the week, we should call this Meathead of the Week. <laughs> this... I'm not endorsing that statement, Sean. <laughs> it's not coming from me. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll ask my brother, Sean. Like, well, I'll text him. Uh, can I uh, give me some ideas of the show? I said, I've drawn a blank and he'll tell me some ideas and most of the time I won't use his ideas because his ideas are kind of like dumb. So I asked him, uh, who can I get because of the week? I said, I said, I don't have no one for the, for this episode. And he goes, uh, how about me? I'll be because of the week. Like, Whatever. Because <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> so, of the week slash meathead of the week goes out to my brother. Sean <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I text Sean today. He's currently on his way back. I think he for goes to work for his rotation. Yeah, to do his okay. one weekend uh, rotation at Detour Goldmine. Mm-hmm. I think they're called something else, but I don't know what they're called now. But he uh, does those twelve-hour shifts seven days for seven days. That's uh, I don't think I can do that. That's quite the haul. That is. Yeah, money, money talks like those mm-hmm. make big bucks still working at those mines, but yeah, at what cost though? That's what exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, so thanks, Sean, for all your your two cents. I guess most of the time <laughs> I don't even listen, but thanks anyways, bro. <laughs> if you know anyone who wants to be because of the week. Uh, let us know. Shoot us a message on Instagram. Yep. Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. MySpace. TikTok. High uh, five. Bush has plenty of fish. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and Bush has OnlyFans. Remember. <laughs> I can't remember your. Oh, I can't remember her name. Something yeah. toes. Only no. Bush's toes. I can't remember those. There, there were some good names though. Bush's. Getting like a lot of requests that he only has a part time job now. So this OnlyFans is his full time job and he makes like $5,500 a week. <laughs> so <laughs> not bad, eh? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, today is September. September 11th. Let's uh, talk about the month of August. Let's do it. Where should we start? Um, How about August, August long weekend. August long weekend, the first week in August. Trev, well, I don't know why I'm saying myself a third person. I played along with Bush in the tournament, old timers tournament called the yep. annual Finns, Skins, and Clappers here in Kenora, Ontario. Um, it was a four team old timers tournament. How did you guys do that weekend, Bush? We did well. <laughs> we lost in the final. My team lost in the finals. Yeah. 
we didn't make it to the finals. We were looking for a three-peat, but unfortunately, we came up short. We were winning, too. Oh, geez. That's a crappy thing, and of course, we lost. Uh, we beat Bush in the semis. Yeah. And Bush was win- his team was winning. Yeah, I know. You guys were so close. Hey, you're wearing that shirt. Yeah, wearing the uh, t-shirt, Finn Skins Clapper shirt. So yeah, it was it was the last time that I played hockey. I don't know if I should have played that weekend. I don't know if it made it worse <laughs> that I played because I got sick that weekend. And oh yeah, ever since then things went downhill pretty fast. Because I went to the hospital that Saturday night. Oh shit. Because the tournament was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So then Saturday night, I went to the hospital, got sent home, and went back that Monday twice. Jeez. For those who don't know, like the reason why we took the month of August off, I was sick. Um, I had a history of gallbladder attacks. And uh, unfortunately, I had 12 of them. And each I went to the hospital emergency here in Kenora and I went 12 times and each time all they did was gave me pain, pain meds and sent yeah. me home. So, and when I went the beginning of August, the surgeon said she was so surprised that the emergency doctor sent me home after so many times when, after the second or third emergency visit that they should have called the on-call surgeon, which never oh. happened. So with that, with me having all those gallbladder attacks, my gallbladder was rotten. So, and I had a rupture that was on my gallbladder. So all that fluid was going into my stomach and oh. going towards my other organs in my body, in my stomach areas, which made me sick. And the surgeon said I could have freaking kicked the bucket if they didn't find that. They didn't fix the problem. So thank you to, I don't remember my surgeon's name. She's a little surgeon. Do you know any surgeons here in town? Nope. I don't. So, yeah, but I'm, for now, I have two tubes. Uh, coming out of my stomach. I mean, I don't know. It, it's been a hard, a hard month. Like with your mental health, thinking like mm-hmm. post surgery, you get sad knowing I have these things coming out of my stomach and I can't do much. I'm in pain, can barely walk. I can't play hockey. So it's been personally, it's been a rough month for me. But and eh, what can I do? can just keep keep moving on and keep moving forward and so but i just want to thank everyone for all the messages and all the texts i've been getting and all my friends oh my friends and family so i really appreciate that that part um yeah that's pretty much it so and i got this these two uh, drainage tubes in my stomach till another three to five weeks then after that hopefully i get my gallbladder taken out so the surgeon said no hockey for me till at least january the latest tisk tisk so that's september october november that's like four months yeah 
It'll go by quick. The month of August went by so slow, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was oh, longest month ever. And the crappy thing about that, I, I'm not a back sleeper. I don't sleep on my back. And I had to sleep on my back like the whole month. Usually I sleep on my sides, but I'd rather be sleeping on my back than <laughs> six feet. Yeah. There's that. Under, right. So yeah. it's always a positive and a net and a negative. Uh okay, what did you do for the month of August, Bush? What did, did I you, do? Uh, I uh I tried my hand at social media skills and I uploaded a couple TikTok videos. What kind of videos? <laughs> TikTok video. They were nothing crazy. They were um <laughs> <laughs> all PG. Yeah. They're they're PG. Uh, anybody can look at them. No, they. I just did. Uh, <laughs> I have a public profile. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not. I did a recipe on. Oh, geez, it loaded up again. His name is Bushman zero zero two. Yeah, like double oh seven. He's double oh two. Double oh two. Jeez. Okay. I uh, I have a go-to recipe for my ribeye steaks, and I decided I would post it and upload it because uh, that's my algorithm for TikTok is recipes for steaks, for tomahawks, steaks, pork chops, pastas, everything. So I figured, ah, you know what, I may as well get on the wave. Pretty I'm good. just watching one right now. I got to teach you how to uh, cut properly with a, a chef's knife. For Usually what? when... You- like when you you're cutting your mushrooms, you oh, I, your, I, I just did that for, for I just did that for a dramatic. <laughs> Do not cut this way. <laughs> Are you so? Would you prefer ribeye over uh, like a New York strip? Depends. If it's a marinade, gotta go with a ribeye. But if you're just gonna season it up, you gotta go with the New York strip. That's my. Do you like it medium rare, medium blue? Well done. Medium, medium well. Medium rare. Yeah. Got to have some juices in it. <laughs> some juice. I don't know why I laughed. That made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have on TikTok? You have your, uh, oh yeah, you have your marinade, your steak. Yep. How long do you marinate your steak for? You put lemon juice? How come you put lemon yeah. juice? It breaks down the gristle. <laughs> Big man, settle down there, Bobby Flay. <laughs> I got a I got a rib recipe too that I'm going to upload, probably t- uh, uh, next week, week after. That's my go-to rib recipe. So if you uh, want to follow Bush on in- Instagram on TikTok, his name is Bushman zero zero two. That's my name on TikTok. Oh, Res Hockey is mine, and I got. Yeah. Nine videos. People got to start watching my videos. Come on. What kind of video can we make for it to go viral? Does it have to be like a... Go viral? Yeah. Because uh, my videos only has like 872 views. I know my... 1,247. I think the my most is 6,560 views. Okay. I got I got one where I got 1,000 views. That's the marinade of the steak. 
How do we and get more views? I want more views. We just we just gotta promote it. Oh, I got one where I got that one where uh, where I almost licked the pole, and uh, for, for oh me. yeah, you should have done it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Next time you go skiing in Next March, you gotta do it. March, I'll, I'll do it in big. I'll do it in Kelowna. Yeah. So, uh, how's your eyesight? For those who want to know, <laughs> for those who've been asking. My eyesight, okay, so 2011, I went for LASIK surgery, uh, corrective surgery. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, I'm able to see 2020. <laughs> However, I'm at the point now where a certain font has to be a size, or wait, a font has to be a certain size, otherwise I got to hold it at arm's length. I'm on, so I have readers now on my computer desk. And I wear them when we uh, when we do our show because I got to read the questions. And wow, it makes a difference. And the first time he had these on when we started our video, I, I started laughing <laughs> so hard. That's the first thing I noticed, and I couldn't help but just burst out laughing. I think you. I think it's in our interview too. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be our with our interview with yeah. uh, with Drew. Drew so. Good times, like good times. I know. They're I'm, great. I'm, I'm almost there too because the hockey news yearbook came out last week in the mail. <laughs> I tried to read the the rosters and I couldn't see and unless oh. I put it like a couple of feet from me and <laughs> I couldn't read close because I was laying on the couch trying to read and I was like I can't read this. So I might be going down to shoppers and buying those. Uh. Those glasses. How much are they? Like twenty bucks? They're like twenty bucks. Does uh I not cover them if you can go to the eye doctor? It's real cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I think I does I think my health insurance covers that anyways. I don't I better go to eye doctors. Yeah. When was the last time you went to eye doctor? Uh 2012. Holy shit. Follow up for my surgery. He said, I don't need to see him until I think I need glasses. I don't need glasses right now. I'm, I'm still, I'm still perfect. I'm still 2020 for, uh, I'm still perfect. <laughs> no, uh, when, you know, when you go to the driver's test and you gotta do yeah. those, I'm still 2020, which is great. How often do you do that for your license? I can't, I don't... is it just a one time? I think it's one time because, well, because I, I used to wear contact lenses or correctives corrective lenses so they that's they make my... contacts that thick oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> this bottle cap <laughs> lenses oh okay uh let's uh head over to our interview with okay. uh, Mr. Drew Rose of Red Pheasant let's go right Hey guys, Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for episode 55. He is from Red Pheasant First Nation. He is a hockey vet in the Res Hockey uh, Tourney Circuit out west. And uh, Res Hockey would like to introduce you to Mr. Drew Rose. Welcome to the show, man. Right on. Hi, hi, Trevin Bush. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, it's it's going to be a good day. It's um. 
the privilege to be on this podcast for sure. So thanks for the invite, fellas. Uh, I was telling Drew earlier that uh, I had to take a afternoon nap because right now it's ten o'clock Central Time and he's out west, so it's <laughs> yeah. a different uh, different time zones, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, pumped to go. I'm excited. You've uh, your name came up a number of times when I asked around who should we interview. So we're honored to have you on. So uh, are you ready, Bush? I am ready. Yeah, let's go. Um, how did you get started in hockey? Uh, everyone has a different path, different story. And I love hearing how everyone is, uh, their stories are different. So yeah. How did you get started? Yeah. Right on. You know, it was, it's in Canada. We live in Canada, you know, we eat, we sleep, we breathe hockey. And it was, I was doing it at recess. I was doing it at lunch at school and, you know, my mother made it happen. She was a single mother and she, uh, want us wanted us in sports or something like that so i wanted to do hockey and she signed me up and she made it happen um you know she's uh yeah she was my biggest supporter still is she's you know no matter whether it be indian tournaments or or you know the good junior hockey or whatnot she's always been there and that's the one who who started me with hockey and got me going Uh, you mentioned junior hockey uh can you tell us a little bit about your junior career well, my junior career was a while ago. I, you guys called me a vet. You know, I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, starting at a young age, um, you know, for minor hockey, we'll start there. It was, uh, you know, I was always trying out for development teams, always getting cut, um, you know, wanted it. And then it was finally, I think, midget there. I kind of want, wanted to be better. I wanted to, um, you know, I just wanted to make those good teams. So I worked hard. I made midget AAA there and then, my last year midget AAA, I got called up to humble Broncos and um, they had, they brought me in for the last two weeks of the season. I played um, the final game and the coach had asked me there, uh, Bob Beatty at the time, they were going on a run. I think they're first in the league at that time. We're going on a run for playoffs. Um, we're wondering if you want to stay kind of thing. Eh? And um, being foolish, um, you know, they said, I don't know if we'll get you in any games or anything like that, but if somebody gets hurt, you'll be able to jump in. And, you know, I was always looking up to my brothers and whatnot. And there we go. I was like, no, no, I'll get ice. I can play in these, these tournaments every weekend, you know, it'll be okay. Sure enough. Didn't get a call back. (laughs) (laughs) It sucked too. Cause it was me and this other guy. Yes. And midget. And that other guy went, um, Brad Erickson was his name and went and he got in there and that year they won the Royal bank cup. Oh, geez. I kicked myself in the butt for that. But, um, you know, I played Humboldt Broncos for um, my 18, 19 year old season. Uh, my dad knew the coach there and I, I signed a deal on Father's Day there. He baited me in with some skates, first line and whatnot, you know. And so I signed my contract for Humboldt and then I went to uh, play there for a bit. But it was uh, a little bit of a struggle, right, with billets and stuff, kind of finding that sense of belonging. And it was always uh, Munial, like white, white people billets. So it was really out of my element. And it was kind of different having, uh, you know, uh, my family coming over there. It wasn't, you know, it was it was different. And then played Humboldt and then what was it? My 19 year old year there. Um, yeah. My 19 year old year, my coach got um, asked to go to uh, Laurent for more money and whatnot, Bob Beatty. And I played half that year and Bob made a big trade for me there. He named a guy to the all-star game and traded me to Laurent. And here I was my 19 year old going up to Laurent and 
Uh, it was all indigenous community. It was just deadly. I lit it up, <laughs> getting a lot of points. I was living life there. And then I finished up my 19 year old year. I think it was like a point a game, two points a game, kind of finishing it off, you know, kind of doing whatever I wanted to do in junior. Um, I was able to, you know, I was, I was playing good. And then my 20 year old year, I came back and I was just wasn't having a good year. And then my coach made a, a trade for me to um, first it was Chilliwack. And then I got traded to Chilliwack within that hour to uh, Williams Lake, Timber Wolves. And I was ready to go to Chilliwack. Chilliwack was good. Got traded to um, Williams Lake and they were shitty. They were seven and 30 or something <laughs> like that. I was ready to shut down honky, you know, thinking I was in love and, and wanting to stay and, you know, and LaRange. And it was my billet there that really uh, Tom Carlson there and Donna Carlson, just amazing billets took, took me and Cody Peterson in there. And um, he was the one who called um, the manager in Williams Lake and figured out all these deals, got me a deadly billet, made sure like the money was there and whatnot. And um, I was even ready to go to that uh, Quebec senior league there, that LNAH. Oh yeah. I was 20 years old. My buddy Leon Delorme was playing there and it was, uh, I didn't know what to do. Eh? I didn't want to go to a shitty team, waste my 20 year old year so far. I've never really been outside of Saskatchewan. So my bullet did it. I made the transition. I went to um, Williams Lake and I remember flying into uh, BC for the first time. I was in uh, Powell River. We played and it was crazy. I've never really been on a plane. I was flying into these um, this community right by the ocean. Uh, it was just the plane was going up and down. <laughs> I was getting sick. I was thinking, holy smoke. Because in Sask, it's all just little towns with rinks kind of thing, right? And BC yeah. and Powell River right on the ocean. Just beautiful. So I went there. We played Powell River and Alberni Valley. And... Um, I got scouted in uh, Alberni Valley by John Brophy there. So I finished out my uh, my season in Williams Lake and it sucked. But they were so terrible. They went through, I think, five coaches within the two months I was there. Like it was trying to fly us home early just to save money. Hey, flights are cheaper this week. Do you guys want to go home early? And it's just like, no, like we want to hang out, you know, like living the dream right now. Kind yeah. of thing. And it was, um, yeah, and that was my junior career. And then... After junior, like I said, I got scouted in um, uh, by John Brophy. So if you guys ever watched Slapshot there, that yeah. guy used to, uh, So this is who he portrays. It wasn't him on the movie, but he got so drunk with his coach there on the way up, he pissed himself in a game, right? So that was my coach, John Brophy there. And he scouted me, and I got a tryout to um, HL, Wilkesbury Scranton. I got um, – he, he got me there, and I was with, with Wilkesbury Scranton for what – three weeks maybe and it was it was pretty cool man seeing the the caliber and the talent and I was jogging crazy when I was going like ready to go there to transition into pro thought I was ready and I wasn't I was holy smokes those guys were good I didn't have a personal trainer or thing anything like that I was always um, really stubborn and ignorant <laughs> and you know I'll do it myself if I'm gonna make it I'm gonna do it myself you know I don't need help from an agent or anything like that and I was in the AHL for a bit. Then I went down to Wheeling Nailers um, in the coast there for about a month, played some exhibitions. And, and then, next thing you know, I ended up in Richmond, Virginia um, in the SP there. And I, <laughs> I um, did that for half a year and I got hurt and I couldn't skate. And 
when you're in pro, I think you're only allowed 18 on the roster. So if you have somebody on the IR, you know, that's taking a spot. So I got, I got, um, uh, whatever they take me off the, the list or whatever. And every team in that league called me and I was like, no, I missed home so much. I didn't see a, a native person for a year. Like, <laughs> you know, holy smokes, like this was top, you know? And, um, I went home and I was like, no, I'll, I'll relax and I'll come home and I'll heal up and I'll visit and then I'll come back. And sure enough. Uh, yeah. And then that brought me into my, uh, senior, senior career at first Lake Thunder. So that was my kind of junior and, uh, pro kind of excursion there. Well, um, you had a, sounds like you had a really fun career. Uh, what was your best, uh, memory, uh, from junior? Uh, I know there's so many because, like, when I play, like, I still tell my tell my kids all crazy stories of things I've done. So <laughs> I'm sure. So what uh, what comes to mind when you think of junior hockey? When I think of junior hockey, you know, it was just making it there. You know, it was I was hockey was put on such a high pedestal from from my brothers, from my dad, from my family, kind of thing. It was like uh, that was it. You know, you know, like people had so much pride in me making junior hockey. So that, that was just the experience there. But I think um, just living the dream every day, you know, there wasn't really a specific moment. If I had to pick anything, it would probably be like traveling to BC and really seeing a whole different landscape. It was crazy. Like the trees and the travel, like, cause I flew into the power river. I was in Williams Lake way up North. So traveling back was cool. And like, I got to meet my wife, like, you know, it, it, in Williams Lake, there is, most beautiful Indian woman I've ever seen. And, you know, I scooped her up and they, they always bug me over here. You know, they always say the Crees come over the mountains. And <laughs> and I did, you know, it's, uh, you know, but yeah, that was, that was a good thing about junior was I got to meet my wife and, you know, it's uh, established me over here in uh, BC and now this is home. Uh, <clears throat> you played a number of years in the senior circuit. Uh, how crazy can some of those games get? senior <laughs> I grew up in a good era you know where it was tough it wasn't uh you know I I, I think a couple that come to mind was uh one year I played when I played in Horse Lake there I had late Greg uh late Sasha Lakovic yeah Joe there and his brother Greg Lakovic on the team and these guys were big and tough and I remember we'd always have it out with Fort St. Um, John and I remember Sasha snapped, like went after the whole bench, went after <laughs> the crowd. It was wild, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that, that wasn't the wildest. I think was just dealing with the racism from my, my brothers and whatnot in the senior circuit where in Saskatchewan, you know, it's, um, it's very, there's a lot of, a lot of racism there all over. And there's, you know, it's, it's, it's very um, out there. And, you know, we had things like, and I remember people throwing bottles out, you know, did that fall out of your pants? What me and stuff like that, like saying it to my brothers and, you know, shit like that. It was just really, um, really tough being in the circuit when, you know, it was so racist and, and it was, um, it was tough and we were winning too. So it was, you know, they even hated us more, you know, these, these natives are coming into our, our hockey circuit and taking it over kind of thing. Hey, eh? by the end of it, it was it's funny and corroborate there. We had, uh, we had the the community wearing fake braids and stuff because we had my brother Sheldon and a and buddy from uh, Manitoba, Craig Satie, had long hair. They were wearing oh, you know, people wearing braids and stuff like uh, change their their view a little bit. So yeah, those were probably 
crazy stories is Sasha and Greg and then just dealing with, you know, the racism. Uh, let's talk about the Freddy. Uh, you played for the Freddy for your home community, Red Pheasant. Uh, how big of an honor is it to play an attorney named after Freddy Sasaskamus? Uh, he, he's been a trailblazer from from day one, and he's been a bit uh, has been a big impact in the, the native hockey community. Yeah, Fred is a great man. You know, he left a really big footprint. Um, you know, being that tra- trailblazer, but you know, he didn't even stop there. Like, you know, he was he believed in our people, and you know, he already always wanted to create space and, and you know look out for that next next generation. Like, um, you know, that's why it is such an honor to play in his tournament and a privilege. You know. He had a vision for that tournament. I remember him speaking about, you know, he wanted our Indigenous people in the Olympics. So that was kind of his goal. I remember him saying that of, you know, just having, you know, we have Canada there, but we have our our Canadian Indigenous players there, you know, like our Wacy Rabbits or our Judd Blackwaters or, you know, at that, you know, like Chichus and stuff like that, our, our showtimes, White Clouds or, or whatnot, um, you know, and he really, you know, the honor of playing in it just because he, they, him and his family do so well with that tournament, you know, it's televised, it's, you know, it's run so well, it's, it's, it's such a, just such a great event. It's, um, you know, you're being able to play in front of such a big indigenous crowd, you know, our, our, our people, um, you know, and it just, playing for your own community, that sense of pride and, and, and being able to be around the boys. I, I like to think red pheasant has one of the best dressing rooms, you know, it's good laughs, good, good um, people. It's, it's really good medicine. So it's really an honor to really, um, you know, move forward in a good way in, with hockey, um, you know, honoring Fred and being able to, um, you know, put our best out um, and, and work hard to be the best in the country for him, you know, so it, 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 it really is an honor and a privilege. Um, who was the best player you think that you played against in the Freddy? This, um, <laughs> you know, I, and I, I thought about this. We played in Freddy's a few times, right? Um, we won it twice when it first started there, Red Pheasant. And, you know, it wasn't a player. The best person I played against in Freddy was Devin Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, for, yeah, yeah. It was Isla Cross. I think he played for that year. He was a study. He took him far, you know, and, and he is a study. He is a great yeah. goalie played with him numerous times and I think hands down he was just just the best player to play against for sure we watched their quarterfinal game uh against canoe lake mm-hmm. and him and Roddy Ross it was a one nothing game and that was probably the best goalie for goalie goalie against goalie game I've ever seen in, the, in such a long time like they're so calm and smooth like they like it looks like they weren't even under pressure and Devin <laughs> is he's a top-notch guy and he we had him on the show and he hung out with us at the freddy um super nice guy and uh he's doing really good for himself and he's really promoting first nation indigenous goaltending at his school so yeah Yeah. super nice guy and like i we were talking off the air like how you guys played moose cree scrappers your first game and it was just tons of hits, and it was good to see what slaying the body at his <laughs> age. <laughs> it was good, man. It was like bang, like like old Rock'em Sock'em hockey, and yeah. Mike World. It was good to see him, and he was just tossing the body and like a tournament like that. I was like one of the older guys. How was it on your body playing 
like four or five games in three days, especially when it's body contact. Oh, nowadays it's, it's tough for sure. You know, I'm so busy. It's tough to keep in shape, but like when I was younger, I enjoyed it. I, I thrived off that, you know, it was like that first game was how Indian attorneys used to be on the yeah. every game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was hard fought. It was like, you earned winning. Like you, yeah, it was like, you couldn't <laughs> come in from the dub or, or junior and stuff like that and try fly around. Like you do, you would have a you know, a cross check to the teeth or a two hand <laughs> to the wrist or, you know, something like that. So it's, it's tough, but you know what? I think just um, all that goes into it and what you're fighting for, you don't even think about it till you're at home and then yeah. you're, you're sore for a couple of days for sure. Uh, what's showed us his championship ring that you guys won? Uh, what do you do with your ring? Do you wear it on special occasions? Because I know if I had that ring, a Freddie championship ring, I'd be showing it off all the time. <laughs> you know, we didn't get rings. I think the first year was canoe, but I, I always think about this, you know, like with my, because my brother won it and I yeah. always think we, we should showcase them. And, you know, like, like Freddie, that's the thing. Be proud of this tournament yeah. rings, you know, like that's a thing, like how canoe did it well like you know the the big sign out <clears throat> out front of their res and honored at the powell like that's how we should be lifting up uh you know our hockey players and, and the people that fought so hard to win that tournament for their communities and for the youth and for the next generation and, and so on right yeah did you uh watch the championship game between canoe lake and norway house yeah yeah that was a good game what did you think of uh Mr. Judd Blackwater, isn't that guy freaking a beauty? Yeah, he, you know, he's such a great player. Like he's just, he's confident. Um, you know, I played with him and I played against him, and he's just such a talented player. Like it shows, right? He's yeah. he's deep. He's he's that pro caliber. He's got that pro shot. He can pick up passes. He's um, you know, take it off the wall. Everything like that. He was uh, he was a treat to watch for sure. He's yeah, for sure. I yeah. was. Uh, oh, sorry. We were watching Norway House and Moose Cree, and Moose Cree was actually up a goal going into the third, and I think Judd totally turned it up a notch. And I was like, this, even though I love those boys, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was heartbreaking watching them beat Moose Cree. And it was totally Judd was eat him. Uh, Wacy and Colton played. Like, how, how important are pickups in tournaments like that? They're huge, right? It's um, every every team goes through it. You know, the boys are in shape. We have our lives too, where those pickups, that's their livelihood, right? They're paid to play hockey, be in shape. So, and there are imports, they're paid to produce. So I think it's um, beneficial for them to come. But at the same time, you have to get somebody that's in a mold with your team. You know what I mean? You, you kind of figure out your guys who you're going to get and, and you stick with them. And then they enjoy your team and they see the success too. You know, we've always had our imports when we're um, winning all those years for a good solid decade. You know, we always had our Trent Campbell, our Aaron Starr, our Cody Peterson, and we knew those guys were gamers and winners. And they weren't even at that time, they weren't even playing pro or anything like that. And we were beating the pro guys, but um, they're huge. They're beneficial. They're in shape. And not every res has that top-notch D or forward or, or goalie that can put it away or shut them down or stop the puck. Um, who are some of your, uh, close hockey, uh, I guess bros that you'd call them your, your chums, your best line mates, your, your traveling guys, whatever. 
Well, it's, you know, I've all my life, I've always kind of been a package deal with myself and Cody Peterson or mm -hmm. my brother, Tyson Watney. Um, you know, I've really, um, since I moved to BC, one of my best bros is, uh, could be uh, Chief Willie Sellers. Um, you know, he's kind of just getting into these tournaments uh, now too. And, you know, those are all the guys I kind of stick with. And then all my Rebels bros, you know, all those guys, I always try to, um, you know, get them somewhere where I'm going or else either playing against them or just keeping them going. You know, those are those are the guys I, I look to when, I, when it's tourney time. <laughs> if you were to pick uh, six niche players, three forwards, two D, and a tender to make a res tourney team, who would they be? Ooh, That's a tough a, one. <laughs> it was a tough one because I, you gotta think I played a couple eras here of the tourney circus. <laughs> it's uh, what when I thought of this, I thought of okay, who would I play with out of all the years I played hockey? So for my forwards, I've obviously picked my brother Tyson Watney, a guy who was a stud, yeah. honestly, like he would score at will. That guy was hands down the best forward around. Um, and then my cousin, Sean Rose played NCAA with Western Michigan, played junior in OCN. He was a stud forward. And then my, one of my best bros, Cody Peterson, same thing as Ty, you give him the puck. He's in a score. He stretches well. And then for D this was a tough one. Um, so Sean's brother, Jason, my other cousin played Pensacola, played pro. He was tough. He was good. Played junior him. And then my brother, Sheldon Watney is always a stud. He's always consistent. And then. You know, as honorable mentions, again, Aaron Starr, Trent Campbell, Breer was a stud. White Cloud, when I played against him, was a stud. And then you can't forget Leon DeLorme. I don't know if you guys know oh, yeah. who he is, but he was, uh, you need that toughness to uh, to win. You know, you can't all have talent. You need some uh, role players too. So I'd take Leon DeLorme. That guy used to scare people for a living. <laughs> who would be uh, your, uh, your tender? Ooh, tender. Uh, it would be Elfie Michaud or also, oh, yeah, Willie yeah, Elfie Michaud mm -hmm. or Willie, yeah, studs. I remember when Elfie came home from pro, he was so good playing in the Indian Stanley Cup, and oh, yeah, like that, like you know, he was so good, he was playing pro. Then there's Ty, you know, going in straight, not playing nothing, Hattie on Elfie Michaud, you know, like that's how <laughs> good he was. that guy was a stud, Ty, yeah. <laughs> Uh, last October, me and Char went to play in Blaine, Minnesota, and I, one of our teammates brought in a, a little boombox with some techno on it. It wasn't really doing much for, uh, for us as far as getting us pumped up. Uh, what's on your playlist? Shit, you're not going to like this one, Bush. I'm a techno guy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I'm, I'm techno and I'm anything like I'm good with anything or whatever, you know, whatever the boys, I country, I did in junior oh. I was in Saskatchewan. yeah exactly <laughs> oh classic acdc you know and all that stuff anything's good but yeah he always goes to techno you know high stepping to sandstorm <laughs> sandstorm yeah that's a good <laughs> yeah one. that's a classic <laughs> one <laughs> um you're a hockey dad how special special is it to see your children play the game that you love you know, it's it's really special to see something you appreciate and something you love, you know, so close to your heart and and seeing how much it's done for you, passed on to your daughter, you know, like building those relationships, that discipline, you know, seeing your daughters grow year from year. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is just having that father-daughter time, you know, traveling yeah. to from the rink, you know, getting their equipment ready, 
you know, buying new skates, new sticks, um, you know, and just, yeah, just really seeing them grow into themselves, you know, like having friends from hockey and, and you know, getting that movement in. I'm a firm believer of movement is medicine and it's, um, you know, I just want my kids to be active and just seeing them have that and just, you know, having that time is the, the biggest thing for me. Oh, the phone just died. Just kidding. Um, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, so so do you have any advice for young uh, players? I got my readers out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, for <laughs> advice for younger players, um, you know, is just be humble, you know, be proud of who you are, where you come from. And, you know, stand up for what you believe in. If you don't, if you see something in that room or, or something that, you know, isn't right, um, you know, say something, you know, don't let it pass. Be that person to make that change. Um, and if with whatever you're doing, you know, you're the person that's going to make that decision. If you want to make it or move forward, you know, you're the one that's going to be the best version of themselves. You know, you're the one who has to do it at the end of the day. And then just be that person your ancestors wanted you to be, you know, like they wanted us to succeed in whatever we choose. So that, that's, yeah, that's my advice for the younger generation. Before we let you go, we always finish each and every episode with the famous five rapid NIST questions. Yeah. You ready to go? Ready to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, first question, baked or fried bannock? For surely baked. I remember my cook them always had one underneath a dish towel. <laughs> yeah, baked not, for sure. Not too many people say baked bannock. I'm no. really surprised because I'm I've always been a baked bannock type of guy. Like I even had baked bannock for supper tonight. Deadly. <laughs> but the thing is, it was whole wheat baked bannock. I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle, but it, it wasn't too bad. Just, <laughs> can't complain when the wife makes it, right? You gotta eat it. <laughs> Uh, question number two ever use a bed sheet for a door or curtain mm, you know what i don't think i have maybe a curtain when i was younger but i'm not yeah i'm not too sure on that one yeah. <laughs> uh, question number three ever see ernest munias live in concerts the king of the north yeah yep. for sure i got to see him a few times you know brandon and um where else did I see him? Yeah, Brandon and somewhere else. And then I just got to see him at Freddy's there again. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Opening ceremonies. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, number four, Indian taco or Bannock burger? Mm, it's a tough one. They're both That's pretty tough. Probably, probably Indian taco. Yeah, just because I have it so much, right? It's a Bannock. Yeah. I have to be on that baked Bannock and I don't get that too often. So, <laughs> uh, Fifth and last question, can you jig? I can jig. My mom used to show us how to jig. Uh, I haven't done it in a lot of years, but um, yeah, I think if I, I tried, I probably could. <laughs> right on. Well, Drew, thanks for coming on the show, man. We yeah. really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, your schedule to come on the show with us. We uh, we had a blast. It was awesome. Right on. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Uh, Trav Bush. You know, it was really an honor. I've been following you guys for, like I said, kind of every episode and it's really funny to hear you guys kind of go at each other and you know, <laughs> you know, talk to the boys it's just like we're in the change room right now you know bullshitting with the fellas so it's yeah. um it's my honor being on here and and it's really been a great time for sure 
For sure, bro. Thanks for uh, right. joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll meet up one of these days in uh, one of these hockey tourneys. For sure. For sure. All right. We'll talk to you again. All right. Recording in progress. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, that our interview with Drew was awesome, and which was which it was. Uh, we had a good time with Drew and great, great guy. So, and yeah. I think it was it was fun to get back into interviewing uh, these uh, res hockey players and res tourney players. It's missed it for sure. Even like we've been gone for a month, but sure, uh, sure missed it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, for this uh, Reds Hockey Top 5, we have um, the top five NHL prospects uh, with um, junior camps, um, rookie uh, NHL rookie camps happening now, and rookie NHL rookie tournaments happening. Uh, we'll go with, yeah, the top yeah. five NHL prospects. Um, okay, number five. He w- plays for Victoria in the WHL. He was drafted by the San Jose Sharks. And he's, I think he signed his three-year entry-level contract with them last year. Um, number five is Mr. Ganon LaRock. Ganon LaRock. He's from Edmonton. He's a Métis player. Um, I think he was a fifth rounder. Or mm-hmm. I think so a couple of years ago. So. Must be good if the Sharks Sharks signed him to a three-year yeah. entry-level deal, so they must have saw something in him. Uh, number four on our four. top five NHL prospects is Mr. Jaden DeRue. Uh, Jaden is currently with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's from White, White City, Saskatchewan. Uh, he played last year with the Syracuse Crunch in the AHL. So mm-hmm. he was uh, a four, a fifth rounder as well, 147th overall in the 2020 draft. Oh yeah, uh, he played in the WHL. So yeah, right on. He played last year with Portland Winterhawks. 66 points in 49 games. He had 24 goals, 42 assists. Mm-hmm. So that's our number four player of the top five NHL prospects. Number three is Mr. He was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks this past year uh, from Eagle Lake First Nation, Damon Gardner. Yeah. He is currently playing back in the USHL with Tri City Storm. And not the doll storm, just to just to clarify. clarify. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Damon was drafted by Vancouver, and he is expected to play for Clarkson University next next year. So, and he had a good rookie camp with Vancouver. Um, a lot. I saw a lot of social media posts uh, from his family that he did uh, quite well with Vancouver. I mean, of course, you got the Sandine twins coaching, yep. so <laughs> uh, you'd be learning lots for sure. Uh, the number two on our list for top NHL prospects is 
Mr. Connor Roulette. Yeah. Who, guest number three or two? Huh? I think guess it was guest three, three. Yeah. Three, yeah. I guess he was just recently traded to Saskatoon Blades. Blades, yeah. Which by... is good. Our buddy Wacy. Yeah, he's coached by Mr. Toe Dragon. Yeah. Um, we should go watch Saskatoon when they're in Winnipeg. Yeah. We oh okay, road trip it is. Wacy, we're coming to watch, buddy. Connor, we're, we're gonna, gonna come game. watch. Yeah. We see Connor, we're gonna come watch you guys. So Connor is on his I think he's going to Dallas, then he's then they're going to Tra- Traverse City, Michigan for that. Uh, Detroit Red Wings rookie tournament. And number one on our list for top five NHL prospects. He is the son of uh, former NHL defenseman Rich Pilon, Garrett Pilon. Mm -hmm. Garrett, yeah. Uh, Garrett played in the AHL for Hershey Bears in the American League. And he had a cup cup of tea, cup of coffee in the show with Washington. So, um, I think he'll be with He'll make Washington Capitals this year. Ah. So that was our uh, res hockey top five <laughs> for this week. Top five NHL prospects. Yeah. Woo. Um, the KHL, they started their exhibition games, their exhibition season this last week. And the thing that is that caught my eye is – Sergey Fedorov did this for uh, his uh, CSK Moscow team. I think that's what they're called. That once you start three on three and his team, Fedorov's team, got the puck. They got puck possession. So they pulled their goalie to make it a four on three, which is a power play in the offensive zone. And they happened to score. Then AK bars... Did the same thing. They caught, they got puck possession, pulled the goalie, took it to the the O zone, and they scored. Do you think with Russians doing that? Do you think NHL teams will start doing that? No, I don't think so. No, I really don't know. <laughs> Why not? Like, would you I'd... try that in an exhibition at least to see if it works? Uh, well, absolutely. Damn right, that's exhibition. You got to do it. But not during the regular season where points are so important. No, I don't think so. No. Hmm. Like I can see Toronto doing that. They have enough power for them to keep the puck in mm. the offensive zone for the the whole pretty much overtime period. Like uh you got Matthews. Who else? Yeah, Matthews, Marner, Riley, and who else would you put? Elander. No, you got to go with Connor. You're going to go with Leon. You're going to go with Evander. (laughs) And who would they go in D? Like Nurse? Nurse would cut off, cough up the puck, though. No, you probably play forward D. Would you go with four forwards? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, yeah. Go just try it out in uh, in uh, preseason. Just give it a whirl, NHL. Give... Would you no. put Hyman on that four four yeah. on three? Absolutely. Hyman, Zach, McDavid, 
Dry Seidel and Kane. And Evander, yep. Just yeah, because you're taking a big chance anyway. Like, why play deep? Why put a defenseman? Yeah. On <laughs> if a guy sh- who's on the defensive zone on that four on three gets a puck and he uh, th- dumps the puck, is that icing? Yeah, it yeah. would be right because when they pull yeah. the goalie six on five and you ice the puck, it's it's icing. I think so. Yeah, I would try it. Yeah, got to try it in preseason for sure, but. Hmm. What would you guys do if you guys, if you guys were the coach? Would you try that in regular season and hope hope for the two points? <laughs> it, it's it should be interesting. I wonder who's gonna be the first NHL team to do that this year. They should because every team has a top has like four or five good players yep. that are like superstars, pretty much all stars. Those Russians, I tell you. Those Russians. Mother Russia. <laughs> Especially Fedorov. Yeah, I know. Leave it to him to do it. Yeah. Old, uh, old uh, Nike Saul. Uh, okay. Uh, the teams for the Freddy were announced. Uh, the men's yeah. teams. Well, the women's teams too, but we'll do the men's team first. Um. Do you have a list of the men's teams? I don't have a list of the men's team handy. Oh, shit. Okay. I'll name all 40 of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty much the same teams as last last year. Yep. Um, well, Sioux Valley's in there. They weren't there last year. Um, question. Should the teams that got blown out and that were 0-3 and teams that had only seven to eight players show up to a tournament, <laughs> should they be allowed in the 2023 tournaments? Because I, there were some teams that got blown out that were 0-3 yeah. and some teams had seven, eight guys. So should they be allowed to be in next year's tournament when there are so many, like a lot of other teams that could have a full team of 15 guys and two goalies. I don't think so. They should give other teams, a ch- yeah. other communities a chance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not saying nothing bad about this no. community, even though we know people from this community and people on that team, but say a team like White Dog, White Dog Falcons, or what were they called? White, white dog. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Generals or, so, yeah. I don't know. They had a. I wasn't sure, but they had seven and seven to eight players, and each game they played, and they were mercyed by the first period. So they ended up with a zero and three record. I don't think they even got a goal. So teams like that should they be able to play? Like, is that just a waste of a spot? Maybe. I, I yeah I think so. This it's like it's no fun for a for for a favorite team to go walk. We, like we've seen this in native tournaments enough before, where OCN will come play uh, one of the local teams and just you know beat them in the first period. It, yeah, it's, it's no, no like fun. it's no it's no fun for both ends, especially the fans too. Right? Yeah, They're paying 
like twenty dollars a day to come watch mm-hmm. hockey. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to watch a blowout? Like you travel all the way from Sa- to Saskatoon just to yeah get pumped seven nothing in the first period. <laughs> Full contact. Full contact too. Yeah, that's. But I'm just looking at the list. There's a lot of Western teams, but once you come to Alberta, I mean Ontario, there's one, two, three, four, five, six teams from Ontario, one from New Brunswick, seven teams from Quebec, and that's it. What's one, mm. two, three? So 40 teams. One, two, two teams from Nunavut, one team from Northwest Territories. No teams from BC, though. No huh. way. I wonder why. But, yeah, I think they should have to give the Freddie committee a pre-approved roster. If, yeah, They I have to so. bring that roster to the Freddie. Put 15 guys on the on the list. Yeah. Like, don't come to a body contact tournament with all the top Indigenous players all over Canada and come with seven guys. Mm-hmm. It's not fun for both teams. It's, I don't know. I I was at one of the games when Eagle Lake and White Dog played, and it, I was shocked. I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. So, uh, are you on the are are you on the list right now for the men's team? Yeah. How do you pronounce number forty? Sucker Creek. Is that the list you're looking at? No, I'm looking at the list for 2023. Yeah. What number? What number four do you have? Number forty. Forty. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Come on. Well, just say Big Cove. I like (laughs) Big Cove. Okay. I'll see Potog. I'll see Yeah, that's yeah. Hey, yeah. That's what I said. I'll see Potog Oilers. Uh, our friends um, out in Big Cove. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they're gonna be a good team. They mm-hmm. have like matching gloves, matching shells, and helmets. Those guys. Because remember, uh, Troy Latin dress that played for Moose Cree. He yep. had like their gloves and buckets. I think they're going to have a good team. Because our buddy uh, Creighton plays for them too. Mm -hmm. Plays for the Oilers. So I think they're going to be a a sleeper team. A team that people don't know too much about, but they'll do a lot of damage. Just like how Moose Cree was last year. Mm -hmm. Not too many people knew who, who they were. And they were one of the talks of the... One of the teams that we're talking to tournament. So yeah. Okay, now mm-hmm. the women's Sage Strong is back, of course. They got a they got defending defend. champs. Yeah. Uh who else? Any new names stick out? Uh Sage Strong, Cree Nation, they were there. Moose Factory was there. Wiki was there. The f- number five. How do you say yeah. that? Uh Hodenosani. Hodenosani. Yeah, that's uh Iroquois, eh? Next yeah. Six Nations. Ooh. They weren't there. 
Warriors Alberta weren't there. Cross Lake was there. Saugeen, were they there? Saugeen? No, I don't think they were. Uh, Métis Nations, they were there. Kenai Blackhawks? Kenai Blackhawks, they were there. Mixed Nations, I don't know. Aquasasne, they Aquasasne weren't there. Wild Tree Four, Four they weren't there. Frog Lake, they weren't there. Alexis, Nakota, they weren't there. So, 15 teams for the women's division. That's pretty cool. A, B, and C divisions. That's going to be neat. Yeah. Or A and B. Where do you see C? No. Uh, so a, it's... Pool A is eight strong, and then they probably finished first, you know, first last year's. Second place last year, probably Pool B is Cross Lake Lady Islanders. Maybe, and then Pool C was Wikwantong. Wikwantong. Wiki, just say wiki. Wiki. I don't know. T-Birds. Yeah. Are you already making predictions for the... No, I'm I'm no. (laughs) It just says pool A, da-da-da-da-da, pool C, da-da-da-da, and then pool B. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay. I have a question for you. I might have an answer. This past week, we have friends from a community north of Kenora. Yeah. And we had friends that received their band, received money from a, was it a flood claim or a land claim? No. I want to one say of the two. One yeah. of the two. And they voted. It, it was pretty significant amount. They voted to, for chief and council to give money to each band member, which was, a lot of money. And the questions that we have for you guys, the listeners, is when each community gets a land or flood claim, should each member get money to each band member or should they invest it in communities and new, like a new road, new houses or invest it into like a, a stock where you're going to be just hopefully making more money, right? Yeah. That's what would like they received over a hundred G's and like, I'm happy for them. Happy for our friends that got money that they're, they're able to purchase a lot of these, a lot of new things. But for me, I think they should have, the reserve should have kept the money and invest in the community. Mm -hmm. Right. Like invest in things to help the kids um new new roads or new like a new bus or a new yeah. new things to help help the community improve it to make a better better everyday living condition right i guess you could say or would you want like here here bush we're giving you some money for some of this Land settlement flood claim that we got. We, like, I don't know. It's <laughs> now that I'm thinking about money, and like, I'd be happy with money too, but I think I'd rather have the community invest back into it. So, according to Ariana, Red Bull and something called Pink. Are you watching Red Bull? <laughs> Nothing. Um, hard to say. You gotta look, you know, you also have to look at the mentality of these people. 
by our people, every, every people reserve. None of them will ever, ever see that much ever at one point. That's true. Like, why is it's hard? Because I think I'd want to treat myself to a brand new something, a brand new trip, a brand new something really that you wouldn't be able to go even to get a like a $40,000 loan. Like, why not get a couple sleds for you and your son? Why not get a couple sea-doos for you and your wife? Why not get a, a nice boat when you have the chance? Like, like may I think they let them let themselves feel good. Let them feel good about themselves like that. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I changed my answer. I go with Bush's I answer. I would I'd want some of it. I mean, yeah. If a band gets uh, say a hundred million, give half of it to the half community it, members yeah. and half for to inf- the infra- some kind in- of infrastructure. Yes. Okay. That's okay. I changed my answer. Half. Like, I like your idea. Like, give us like if we're entitled to a hundred. No, 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 no. Just give me fifty. Yeah. Just give me fifty, and I give. I'll buy myself something really nice to make myself feel good for my family. Feel good for. Friends, if you take take that take that once in a lifetime trip to Europe that I've, that you probably won't be able to afford ever. Because you know? if you go to some of the communities along the James Bay coast in Quebec, they got settlements from the Quebec government, but they put it back towards making cement roads and gravel. Yeah. I mean, they really it looks like a town, like really really mm. nice houses and the roads are nice and very nice communities and compared to most reserves where it's just gravel and dirt yeah. roads. And once it rains, you get muddy roads. Right. So mm-hmm. each community is different when they want to these, get these land settlements or flood claims or whatever. And like some invest. So solely in the community and some give it away to their community members. But yeah, I would totally agree with what you said. Just half to the members and half uh, back into the community. So mm-hmm. if any, any of our friends want to uh, donate money to us, yeah. give us a couple hundred bucks. The, you know, sponsor on the uh, sponsor yeah. the podcast. Hey, we should ask them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know a couple of guys, but yeah, we're happy for them. That they all have kids and they all have families and, how fun uh, buying things yeah, for you and your family and, and enjoy it and mm-hmm. make it last. Yes. <laughs> Anything else you want to say um, before we at this time off? Nope. Uh, uh, I want to give a shout out. Oh, yeah. We didn't do shout outs this week. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my boys, my red eyes. We, we came up short this year, but. Love playing with you guys. We did well. Tone Dog, Shush, Terry, Jordy, my nephew. Hey, um, who's that? Nigel, Chicky, Dion. Um, FYI, Dojo. people, we're talking about his softball LT. team. T. <laughs> yeah. LT, even. Yeah, I'm talking to you, LT. Even LT. Even LT. I, I, we have a, we have about 16 players. I want to give a shout out to all my boys out there. It's really good playing with you guys. How did you guys do in your season? Uh, I don't really know. Fifth overall, but uh, we just came up short in the playoffs out of uh, of six teams. (laughs) 
They lost to a group of vets. Yeah, we lost to veterans. It's okay to lose the vets. They know how to win. (laughs) Oh, what's this here? Stupid Windows 10, uh, that little advertisement at the bottom right corner. When you scroll your mouse over it, all the all the weather stuff pops up. He's lying. It's porn up. <laughs> it's only fans. He's checking his accounts. <laughs> checking his views on his accounts. Yeah. Are you any shout outs? Uh, just to everyone that it's yeah. been. I'm glad that we're back, and because a lot of people were wondering what we were doing and if mm-hmm. we're coming back and. Here we are recording another show, and I'm happy to be back, even though August was a tough month mm-hmm. health-wise. But, yeah, I'm happy to be back. And yeah. NFL. NFL's here. Unfortunately, Green Bay Packers shit to bed today and lost to Minnesota of all damn teams. The Vikings. <laughs> Vikings. Oh, man. I stopped watching after the third <laughs> quarter. I, I knew they were done for. But hockey season's starting yeah. to uh, get in the full – Force again, you got a lot of kids trying out for triple A, double A, and house league and junior mm-hmm. teams and whatnot. And kids are all back to school. Um, if you want us to give a shout out to all the kids that are playing hockey, let us know and we'll be more than happy and send them a WhatsApp and yeah, send us a picture and we'll uh, post it on our social media because kids, uh, I think it helps the kids with the confidence when they see, oh, yeah, there's a picture of me and yeah, getting a okay. shout out. And, Absolutely. Gives them that confidence, that extra confidence that they might need. And so uh, good luck to all the players that are trying out for teams. It's that time time of year, tryout season. So, And if you don't make a team, it's okay. Keep skating hard. There's a lot of good players that never got Mm -hmm. drafted or that were cut, and they still made the NHL. Martin St. Louis. Yeah. Two years, never got drafted. Michael Furlan. Yep. Another good native kid that never got drafted and kept on trying and made the show. So don't give up if you may get discouraged, but just keep trying on. Yep. So anything else? Is that it? That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode 55. We will be back next week and we appreciate you taking the time to join us. We had Mm -hmm. another fun episode. So uh, take care, take care of each other, love each other. And, uh, We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Okay, see ya.